Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay, how many are ready for the Word of God now? Praise the Lord. So, as I mentioned, the last time I preached, I, w- I, was, I preached, I was gone for a couple of weeks. The last time I preached, we were on a series called uh, Spiritual Alignment. And, um, and when I went away, um, the Lord really continued to speak to me. How many at least were here for one of the messages of Spiritual Alignment? Could I see your hands? Praise the Lord, a good number of you. I want to encourage you, speaking as your pastor, I want to encourage you to please uh, um, listen to the whole series. The whole series is, I believe, a real word from the Lord to, um, to our church. And um, uh, obviously they put up, put the sign up, uh, the, the slide up, and we're not finished. We're not finished because the Lord really spoke to me, and I want to be real open with you. This has been a super personal series for me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm one of those, I, I'm, a, I'm a, a guy on pilgrimage. So um, I love the Lord. Uh, you know, I love the Lord. I love my wife. I love the church. And, um, but, but in my walk with God, I have struggled with stuff. Now, I have struggled with stuff like, you know, man, I shouldn't have opened up this whole can of worms, but um, um, my big battles, you know, my big battles have always been with kind of insecurity. And, um, and I was always a kind of a reluctant preacher. And a couple of years ago, God really started to deal with me about that. And, and really showed me a lot of the, the, the unbelief built into that I was being obedient to God, but not really walking in the fullness of faith in my calling. And spiritual alignment series was really for me. And it's had an impact on my life. And, um, but one of the things that you learn early on when you're called to the ministry is that you know, when you first get saved and, or when you first start in the ministry and things are going crazy in your life, you, you, you kind of complain to God and say, Lord, why is this happening to me? And you know what the Lord says? He says, what do you think is happening to your sheep? So you need to learn how to get out of this so that you could lead them out of it. Our process is meant to be your shortcut. And so um, really kind of that's, that's uh, it's not all the time. But once in a blue moon, one of the series that comes is really out of like pure, pure, just part of what God is teaching me. And I know I'm supposed to teach you. And so while I was gone, I, in the, in the um, spiritual alignment series, I talk about fear packages. And when I was gone away, I was feeling pretty good about myself. And, uh, but then I got hit with one. And when I got hit with the fear package, God used it to teach me something that I felt like I needed to bring back 
to you. So today's sort of an epilogue to spiritual alignment. And here's some of what the Lord was speaking to me. He was speaking to me about the fact that there's a big difference between experiencing spiritual alignment and actually walking in spiritual alignment. Okay? So, so maybe the series blessed you or sometimes you come to church and you're impacted by a truth. And you're supposed to be impacted by truth. But the key is not that you are just impacted by the truth. The key is that you walk in that impact continually. Not that it's bam and then all of a sudden that you say, wow, I had a moment of victory and then I go back to how I used to be. How many know we don't go backwards in God, we go forward in God. How many would say amen? And so when you walk with Christ, there should be this, this building and building and growing. When, you, when, when, uh, when I stand before the Lord, and I will stand before him one day for how I led you, and so will the other pastors. You know, he's not going to say, man, Al, what a great, you had a big church. Wow. <laughs> Do you know if you read the seven uh, letters, he doesn't say anything about size. He didn't say anything about buildings and about, the, and, and about even money or any, or any of those things. You understand? He's going to ask me about, did we lead you to grow and really follow him? Okay? It's did we lead you to follow Jesus? We are followers of Christ. A disciple is someone who really follows Jesus. That's my burning passion for your life, for your family, for your kids, for your grandkids, is that you would be followers of Jesus. How many know following Jesus is the best life that there is? Could I get a strong amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. So with all of that said, you know, when the pressure's on, your life or my life, do we revert back to the old things or do we remain in spiritual alignment? You see? And so, um, so I want to read the, the key text of the series, Second Timothy. I'm going to read two verses to you just to remind us, but then I'm going to bring another uh, verse, a lot of verses today. Um, but stick with me. Pay attention today. This is very, very important. 2 Timothy 1, 6, and 7 says this. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Emphasis, I'm bolding this because this is what we're really talking about today. For the spirit God gave us. Come on, read that with me. Ready for the spirit God gave us. God gives us his spirit. The difference between Christianity and every other faith, all philosophies, is that when it comes to Christianity, God actually puts his spirit inside of you. Okay? We're not alone. Never will I leave you nor forsake you. It's why? Because we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. I hope you have the Holy Spirit inside of you today. You see? Because it's the most amazing gift. It's the most precious. The most wonderful thing is to have a relationship with Jesus. You know, and he has all the answers and he has all the pathways. He has it all worked out, you know, and he paid the greatest price. He went to the cross. He shed his blood, 
not so that we could go to church on Sunday and have some kind of religious thing. He shed his blood. He rose from the dead in power so that we could have a relationship. That relationship is by the spirit that he gives us. So the spirit that God gave us does not make us timid but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Here's the amplified version. Amplified version says, that is why I remind you to fan into flame the gracious gift of God, that inner fire, the special endowment which is in you through the laying on of my, laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear. Timidity, cowardice, fear, it's not for the children of God. It's not God's will for your life, not God's plan for your life, not God's way for your life or mine. Fear, timidity, cowardice, that's not part of God's plan. It's part of Satan's plan. But that's not God, part of God's plan. And then he says, he has given us a spirit of power and of love, the ability to love. The ability to love, powered by the Holy Spirit, is what God puts in us to change the city of Chicago. You know what this city needs? You know what the, ga the gangbangers need? You know what even politicians need? They need a baptism of the love of Jesus. Can I get a strong amen? Okay, of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in calm, well-balanced, in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. And so when you align with the Spirit of God, you align with God's power, you align with God's heart, you align with God's love. Now we know that fear is the barrier and what happens is, as we talked about this, is that you have to renounce deep but then you also have to what? Everyone, receive deep. Renounce deep, receive deep, and you have to stay in what you receive. And that's what brings us to today's uh, uh, message. So look at this, 1 John chapter 2 says this. And by the way, when I got that fear package and I went to pray, this is what the Lord gave me. Okay? So it says, as for you... The anointing you received from him remains in you. Everybody say the anointing. So the anointing you received from him remains in you. This is very, very important for us to understand. When you receive from the Holy Spirit, there's an anointing that is released or imparted into your life. We'll explain all of this. And you do not need anyone to teach you. Now, what this is saying, the context of this is not that you don't need anyone to teach you. But what he's saying is, look, when God teaches you something, you don't have to keep going back as if he didn't teach you. He already taught you that. And you need to stay in what he taught you and stop acting like he didn't teach you. How many know when he teaches you, he teaches you. And you, when you know that truth, the truth will set you free. That's what this is saying. So, but as his anointing, uh, uh, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, the work of the Spirit is real. It's not counterfeit. The power of God is real. It's not counterfeit. 
The power of God is great and mighty and it comes through the person of God. The Trinity, in, uh, when, as believers in the word of God, as believers in Jesus, we believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are three in one. The beautiful, amazing mystery of God, they are three in one. In, uh, inexplicable in some ways, but true. Okay? So it says, not counterfeit, just as, as it has taught you. Everyone, read these three words. Ready? Remain in him. So the title of today's message is, if you want to be in spiritual alignment, you have to remain in the anointing. Remain in the anointing. Now, the word anointing in our circles, I just even realized talking about it earlier today. The word anointing is a little bit mystical, okay, but it actually should be very normal. So what we're going to talk about, it might feel mystical, but actually should be normal. Because if we have the spirit inside of us and if the spirit teaches us and helps us, then it should be normal because that's the way God wants you to live. Walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Did I say goodness? Okay. So, so there are the fruits of the spirit so that someone might be naturally angry, but when the Holy Spirit is flowing through you, you, instead of being angry, you could be kind. How many are thankful we don't have to stay angry? That's a golf clap. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, he's putting now. And <laughs> you don't have to stay angry. You don't have to stay fearful. You don't have to stay. The Holy Spirit is power. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But it happens by the anointing. Okay. And I'm going to give you the definition of the anointing. I want to pray and then keep unpacking. Okay, so here's the definition of the anointing very quickly. The anointing is a grace-filled impartation from the Spirit. From the Spirit that contains the knowledge and power needed to experience transformation. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. That truth comes from the Holy Spirit. There is a grace-filled impartation. When you come to church, you should receive something from the Holy Spirit. And then what you're supposed to learn is that when you go home and read your Bible, you should receive something from the Word of God via the Holy Spirit. God wants to anoint your mornings. He wants to anoint your evenings. When you read the Word of God and when you pray, the reason that you worship in your house is because God wants to visit you by His presence and power. How many say amen and amen? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So be it. And so it is a grace-filled impartation from the Spirit that contains the two things that we need to be transformed. We need knowledge and we need power. And so I want to pray and I want to say this. When you talk about the anointing, basically the Holy Spirit is in coach mode. And the Holy Spirit wants to coach us all the time. 
He wants to coach you. He wants to coach me. He can coach you in your marriage. He can coach you on the job. He can coach you in your relationships. The Holy Spirit, when you read the life, the life of the disciples after Jesus rose from the dead and then he sent the Holy Spirit, he was the coach. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you bless our remaining moments? And God, would you help us to remain in the anointing? Help us to stay in what you're teaching us and showing us and help us to continue to grow where you are working. We don't want to come to church, experience, and stay the same. We want to go from strength to strength and from glory to glory. So God, as I pray, I pray for every marriage. God, as I pray, I pray for every single person and their future. And I pray for a powerful work of the Holy Spirit that is preparing them and growing them into their future. Your good, pleasing, and perfect will. I pray this for our teenagers. I pray this for our preteens and for all of our children. So God, bless this word now by your mighty power. God, we want to receive and remain in the anointing in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, so here's what I want to do. Again, we're talking about the Holy Spirit in coach mode. The Bible describes him as a helper. The Bible describes him as a teacher. Okay, and that's what this text is actually saying. But before I really unpack it from the text, can I just show it to you from the life of Christ? So in, in, in Luke chapter 3, Jesus... Jesus comes on the scene. And when Jesus comes on the scene in Luke chapter 3, this is now him beginning to, to like, like step into his public ministry. The first thing that happened when Jesus stepped into his public ministry was that he was baptized. So Jesus goes in and John the Baptist sees him. John the Baptist says, you should be baptizing me. No, I shouldn't be baptizing you. He said, no, let's do it. Because in the life of Christ, one of the things that you see in the life of Christ is that the life of Christ is exemplary. It's an exemplary life for our sake. So Jesus was God, but he was also man. And he walked out his life with God in God, as God, but also as man, showing us how we're supposed to live. Jesus was the perfect example of living and honoring God. And so Jesus was baptized. And when Jesus was baptized, the Bible records that the heavens were open and that a voice spoke. A spirit, uh, 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 the spirit came down upon him in the form of a dove. And then there was a voice that said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Now notice that Jesus, Andrew Murray said this, okay, notice that the heavenly father spoke of the son and said, look, before he did any, before he started ministry, God just loved him. Just know before you do anything for God, how many are thankful he just loves you? So the spirit comes down upon him, okay. So essentially he was kind of like baptized in the spirit. Okay, now for, for, for Christians, for people who believe the word of God, of course, this is not super mystical. It's just the way it is. We need the Holy Spirit for life. 
And so the spirit comes down on him. Now watch what happens in chapter 4. Okay, we won't read all of it, but in chapter 4, and this is what we're talking about today. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Oh, snap, Lord. What a place to take him to. Okay. Now, this is really important, okay, because this is, these are the, the cold, hard facts of this life. When Jesus was a baby, when Jesus was a baby, uh, uh, um, through Herod, Satan tried to destroy him. And so he killed thousands of babies. But the Holy Spirit removed him. He kind of, he kind of slipped away from the grip of the enemy uh, when he was a baby. But now that Jesus is a man, I want you to notice that he takes him right to the devil. Because things change when you grow up in God. Okay? So things are supposed to change when you grow up in God. And so, so here's what happens. The devil tempts him in all kinds of ways, and he just, he just rejects the devil. He resists him. He gives him the word. And then here's what the Bible says. When the devil had finished all this tempting to no avail, he left him until an opportune time. So sometimes we could be so full of God that the devil says, you know, I'm not going to bother them today. I'm going to come at another time. You know, the devil's not a dummy. He's very strategic. And so he says, I'm going to come at another time. And it's important that we have to understand that when he comes back, we have to remain in the anointing. Otherwise, we can be pushed back to where we used to be, and that's not God's will for our lives. You see, God's will for our life is victory, transformation, joy, and peace. The mind controlled by the, by the flesh is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. You see? And so watch this. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the spirit. You see, so this is what we have to understand. Just because Satan comes at you doesn't mean that you get weaker. How many know by the power of the Holy Spirit we can actually get stronger and stronger and stronger for the glory of God? So it says in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. And then watch a little bit further on, Jesus now says this. He walks into a, a temple and it says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. This is even in the life of Christ. He has anointed me. Now I'm walking in the purpose and the plan of God. How the Lord has anointed me. The spirit of God is upon me. How many know that same spirit that was upon Jesus wants to be upon you and me and our children? That's God's will. This is the word of God. Okay. So he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He rolls up the scroll, he gives it back, and in the eyes of everyone, he says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And see, God takes us into our fulfillment by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
You walk into fulfillment. You're transformed. Marriages are transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory. When the power of the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, there's an impartation of what the Bible calls the anointing. You see? So let's go back to the definition of the anointing one more time. The anointing is grace, is a grace-filled impartation from the Spirit that contains knowledge and power needed to experience transformation. And I'm telling you right now, Jesus rose from the dead to change us. Church is supposed to have a powerful impact on people. Coming to being part of the body of Christ. It is God's will for you to make a powerful difference when you walk into an office tomorrow. How? The spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. How many want a fresh anointing from heaven right now? Hallelujah, Jesus. Do it by your mighty power. So, so remember, on the becoming journey. So if you go on our website or you look at our stuff, Chicago Tabernacle is a place of becoming. Where do we get that? It's John 1.12, John 1.14, John 1.12. Okay, guys, you know, a little bronchitis. John 1.12. To them that believe, he gave them the power to become sons and daughters of God. Regardless of where you've been, regardless of what you've done, the blood of Jesus washes away the past and the spirit of Jesus ignites and empowers and launches us into a new life. And when you become, it doesn't mean you become a Christian only. That's just the starting point. The becoming means becoming everything that God has for you. Becoming everything that he's purposed. The Bible says in the book of Romans, his will is a good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's God's will for our lives. So that we will live in victory. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. That's the way it ought to be. Amen. How does it happen? It happens in part by remaining in the anointing. Okay, so here's kind of how this fleshes out. So we talked about fear packages. How many remember fear packages? If you don't, please, you know, I'm not the kind of guy who says, please go listen to my sermons, but please go listen to this. Okay? Go and listen to this because we talked about every day what Satan does to all, everybody all over the world is he's dropping the same way the Amazon people drop those boxes now at our door. He's dropping boxes of fear. He drops it on your shoulder. He drops it on your desk. He drops it at the gym. He drops it wherever you go. He's dropping fear, 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 fear. But God has not given us a spirit of fear. And so we have to reject uh, uh, fear that's produced by past experiences or failures. Just because you failed in the past doesn't mean you're going to fail in the future. If God be for us, who can be against us? But you have to reject that. You have to renounce that. So, so he shows you. He shows you. He puts a, a film 
in your mind and he shows you how this ugly thing, the ugly pathway. You see, when you go and apologize to your spouse or when you go and, and try to make that right and try to really turn your life around, this is what's going to happen. It's going to be horrible. It will not be horrible. God is with you. You see, but that's what the devil does. We have to reject that. He gives you the, the, the emotions, the outcomes, and we have to reject and renounce deep at every level. If you're being shaped by something that happened to you when you were seven years old, you have to reject that. Or something that happened 20 months ago, you have to reject that. That's not God's way for us to live. We want to be led by the Spirit, Amen. So what the anointing does, the anointing gives you knowledge and power, okay? This is where we're talking about the Holy Spirit in coach mode. So, look, you take uh, Nick Saban, John Calipari, these are top D1 coaches. These guys, they place such a high value on coaches. They pay them so much, you know. And the reason why they pay these coaches so much is because they have an ability to win national championships, okay. And part of their expertise flows from the fact that they know how to recruit the best. Okay, stay with me. They recruit the best and then they ignore the rest. Anybody got a call from Nick Saban lately? Uh, anybody here? I don't think so. Okay. That phone call from Nick Saban is reserved for just a couple of people. What they do is they look for the best, the most talented, the most capable, fitting into their program, and they wine and dine them, and they bring them in, and then Nick also has the ability, or John Calipari, to bring out the best in these people. Okay, now they're good coaches, but the Holy Spirit is a billion times better than they are. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Very, very important. It's because the Holy Spirit doesn't overlook anybody. The Holy Spirit wants everybody, and when the Holy Spirit recruits you, no one comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws them, but when the Holy Spirit recruits you, he knows that he's not only got the truth that you need, he's also got the power that you need. So he empowers you. A human coach can't give you power, but how many know the Holy Spirit can give you power for victory, power for life, power to walk in the plan of God that is different from your own human strength. The power of the Holy Spirit is not about human strength. It's about God's strength at work in us. God by his mighty power. I had someone say to me once, you know, uh, 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 in the medical field, you can't, you, you, no one can get free from crack. It's like, Maybe no one can on their own, but how many know with the power of the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. All things are possible with God. You see, all things are possible with God. And what the anointing does on the journey of becoming, remember this, this is, this is like strong but true. On the journey of becoming, 
when you grow up, sooner or later, the Holy Spirit has to take you right through the devil. Everybody say right through the devil. Right through the devil. Okay? That means however it fleshes out for your life, when you get hit with a fear package, greater is he that is in you. There's an anointing that says, I resist that lie. I reject your presence. I reject all of those things. I'm walking into the plan of God for my life. I'm walking into the will of God for my life. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to hide. Satan, get thee behind me in the name of Jesus. I'm walking in God's power and authority. Yes. Yes. And so here's what this passage is saying. And, and so here's how it fleshed out for me. And we're almost done. Two quick application points. The way it fleshed out for me is, is I got hit with a fear package. I'm overseas. And the Lord said, I didn't bring you here for that. Okay. You got to stay in what I'm showing you. Even though you have greater challenges, I'm greater than every challenge. You see, and I'm being very candid and very honest with you because, look, in the kingdom of God, when you look at men, there's no superstars. There's no superstars. You know, nobody wears a cape. You know. But let me tell you something. They that wait upon the Lord, they can mount up with wings of eagles, the Bible says. Hallelujah, Jesus. So very quickly, very quickly, here's what this passage is teaching us. It's teaching us when the Holy Spirit is in coach mode in your life, number one, don't retreat from the anointing. Okay? As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. And you don't need anyone to teach you. And what he's saying is not that you don't need to keep learning. It's like stop acting like you don't know what you're supposed to do. Walk by faith. Okay, stop retreating. Don't retreat from what God told you to do. God has called you to live by faith. That means say something different. Say something different to your wife. Say something different to your husband. Say something different to your employer. Even if it sounds really, really strange coming out of your mouth, trust in the anointing. You know, it's like, look, I was saying earlier, look, if the kids go, Mom, is that all right? He keeps saying, I love you. Does he need to go to the hospital or something? Keep saying, I love you. Because sooner or later, they're just going to be used to it. But let me tell you, when you say, I love you, Life and death is in the power of the tongue. It's going to bring life into them. It's going to bring life. Hallelujah. It's going to bring blessing. Don't retreat from the anointing. When your friends say, hey, come on, let's go over here. Say, I'm not going over there. I got other places to go. Where you got to go? I'm not sure, but I know it's not over there. You see, that's why people meet, come and meet God. And they meet God and then they don't really get changed by God because you retreat from what God imparts to you. But everybody say, remain in the anointing. You see? We need the help of the Holy Spirit. Please don't be pharisaical. Don't say, I don't need anybody's help. Oh, yes, you do. We all do. We all need the help of God. Amen? 
Yeah, so don't run away. Run right at it. It's crazy how when, when, when God starts working faith in your life, you will think different, feel different, and respond different. And you know why people bench themselves? Is because they don't want to deal with what the coach wants to deal with. Everybody here, we're almost done, but listen very closely. Maybe even today, but listen very closely. If not in this moment, in this service, if you're a child of God, and maybe even if you're not a child of God, but you're here and the Holy Spirit is calling you, he's calling you. There are specific things that God wants to do in our lives, and we know it. Some people, well, God didn't talk to me. Oh, yes, he did. He just didn't talk about what you wanted to talk about. The Holy Spirit talks about what he wants to talk about. God's not talking to me. Oh, yes, he is. Don't change the subject. Everybody say, don't change the subject. Because you're retreating from the anointing. That's what denial is all about. You know, it's like we run here, we run there. Don't change the subject. So the first thing is don't retreat. Secondly, don't doubt the anointing. The anointing is real. It's not counterfeit. The anointing is real. It's not counterfeit. When, you, when God starts changing your life, that's when the enemy comes to push back again. And when he starts pushing back, you know what he says? He goes, who are you trying to kid? Sometimes he'll even jump in the mouth of someone, maybe even your friend, and they go, who do you think you are? Oh, Mr. Holy Roller. You ever hear something like that? What happened to you, queen of godliness? You know, don't listen to that because what God is doing in you is real. How many would say amen? It's real. You know, I've learned about backsliders. You know, I've learned about proud people. And they're like, I don't want to change and nothing can change me. But how many know? The Holy Spirit is sweet and wonderful and powerful and he's able to change us. He's able to change every person here no matter how ugly a nightmare you find yourself in. Listen, the Holy Spirit is able to change your life. I'll close with this story it just came to my mind. You know, when I was a young guy, uh, I was cleaning the church at Brooklyn Tabernacle. And in the side of the church, like in the alley, there used to be um, homeless people sleeping on the stairs. And um, those homeless people, I don't know, the Lord just brought this to my mind. Those homeless people, I used to have to actually chase them out and sweep up and clean up. And one day, one of those guys who used to hang around, it was an Easter Sunday, he came and he gave his heart to the Lord. His name is David Ruffin. And he gave his heart to the Lord and God began to work in his life and all of these crazy, amazing things started to happen in his life. So one thing was to hear a testimony, another thing was to experience it. So fast forward a couple years, I was in charge of a youth meeting and he was gonna give his testimony at the youth meeting and what David Ruffin did is he joined the intercession ministry at the church. So what he did as soon as he became a Christian is he joined the ministry where basically all they do is get in God's presence and pray. 
And, um, and so, okay, so right before the meeting, we went to pray, and I was going to pray. I was in charge. I was going to pray. But I didn't pray because right before I started praying, David started praying. And when David, this homeless, used to be homeless man, when he opened up his mouth, the room was filled with the fragrance of Christ. And it was so powerful. I just wanted to like get on my knees. I was blown away by the hand of God. You want to talk about the spirit of the Lord is upon me? I mean, I got to experience that. Meaning, and the reason why I bring that up is that we always have a scenario that is like, oh, that's the tough one. Not for the Holy Spirit. Not for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes with resurrection power. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands to him. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. I want to sing that, but listen. I feel in my heart, we don't have a lot of time, but I know we're supposed to pray. If you're here, maybe you've been experiencing pushback, or maybe you've been resisting the coach in your life, or maybe you're like, I'm ready to be coached, and I want to come in, and I want God to impart something. No matter where you are, no matter what's going on, slip out of your seat. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray for a fresh impartation of the Holy Spirit. Come on, now is not a time for, for pride. Now is a time to receive if you want to receive something make your way down you are perfect in all of your ways you are perfect in all of your ways hallelujah you are perfect in all of your ways to
fresh anointing all over this building and anyone that is experiencing pushback from the enemy we're going to pray about that but right now say God we're ready to receive come on pray God we're ready to receive the teaching God we are ready to receive what you want to talk about hallelujah God we receive we receive today oh God we receive by your mighty power God, we pray for an impartation of the anointing all over this building. Come on. Maybe you're not used to this. Open your mouth and pray for somebody right now. Hallelujah. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, whatever you're working on, God, that's what we're going to pursue, oh God. God, we renounce, oh God, fear right now in the name of Jesus. We receive deeply the anointing, oh God. We don't doubt what you're doing. We celebrate what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for what you're doing. Come on, thank him right now. We thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, oh God. You're a God who works. You work in your people. You work for your people, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are perfect in all of your ways. Come on, sing to him. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. To than he that's in the world. God, we want to walk out of here, oh God, in a total pursuit of your plan for our lives. And we thank you because your anointing is upon us and it remains on us and it's real, it's not counterfeit. What you're doing right here, it's real, it's not counterfeit. And Lord, when the devil tries to say to anyone in this room that that was just emotion, Lord, in advance, we rebuke that in the name of Jesus. So work by your mighty power. And Lord, I pray for supernatural fellowship to take place. Send your children to bond together to encourage one another in this great walk, in this great pilgrimage. That's why we hold hands and we pray together, Father, because we're doing this together. Release your people, not just to be blessed, but to be a powerful blessing all over this city in the days to come. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. Come on, let's praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Amen. God bless you. Greet one another before you go. God bless you, everyone. We'll see you on Tuesday.